everybody. This is Ryan Polly with Coffee House Questions. It has been a little bit of a break for me. Uh, I will get into the full updates here in a little bit, maybe in the next one, and kind of let you guys know what's been going on. But finishing grad school uh, took a lot out of me, and so it took a little bit of time off from podcasting, but hopefully back at it uh, to discuss an important issue. Uh, The Assembly Bill 2943, AB 2943, that is here in California and what that means for Christians. And so joining me to do that is Neil, my roommate, uh, joining me again. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. This is, I think, number third time, I think, the third time you've been on with me. Yes. Uh, So I appreciate that. And so Neil has joined me in the past uh, as his interest in theology and politics to discuss cultural issues and and, uh, his testimony with... Uh, with same-sex attraction in the past and just really cool episodes. And I'll post a link to that in the show notes so you can check out the past episodes that I've done with Neil. But uh, recently, Neil traveled up to Sacramento, the capital here in California, uh, to meet with senators and assemblymen um, to discuss AB 2943 that's uh, kind of before the Senate right now. And so we're going to take this time and talk about that and what Christians should know about it and what it means and kind of the wording and all that stuff. But kind of first of all, I guess, Neil, like how did you get connected going up to Sacramento meeting with uh, senators and assemblymen? Yeah, so I went with a group group called Church United. Um, it's headed by a guy named Jim Doman, who I've known for about five years or so. Um, so I got connected to that through him. He likes to bring me along because uh, I'm younger and offer a different perspective than most of the pastors who end up going. But yeah, we had a group of about 125 pastors from all over California uh, go to the Capitol. So since we're all from California or from all over California, we each meet with like different assemblymen and senators that are our assemblymen and senators for our area. So okay. that was that was the main goal of going up there is to meet with them. That's great. You know, and, and I just got done talking, uh, finishing out the school year, actually, with my students. I got two weeks left and then uh, my school year is done as well with teaching. But we just finished with uh, community renewal. How do we renew the community? And we actually watched uh, Amazing Grace, a story of William Wilberforce. And I think this one of the students asked a really good question at the end and, and pretty much said, look, in order to make the change that Wilberforce made, do we do you think he could have done that if he was not a big politician, if mm-hmm. he wasn't kind of this famous person? I said, well, maybe not Wilberforce, but think about the other people that are in the movie, mm-hmm. right? William Wilberforce and William Pitt were some big influential people in Britain at that time. But there were the friends that came alongside mm-hmm. uh, the slaves that joined them and and um some other friends, there was old pastors that kind of joined them and encouraged them and pushed them. There were the people that signed the petition. There were the people that simply just stopped taking sugar in their tea. Uh, and the movie just portrayed so many different people and how just the entire community came around. And I actually used uh, Neil kind of as an example. And I said, look, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not going up to Sacramento. My roommate goes up to Sacramento. He can talk with congressmen or with with senators and assemblymen and women. Um, I'm here. Maybe I can do a podcast. I can teach students. Mm -hmm. Students can do something else. And so I think it's really cool that when we recognize how Christians can come around together to try to impact culture Mm -hmm. uh, and the many different ways that we can all play a part. And and it's important for us to play that part. Mm -hmm. And so I just love the fact that you're going up there and talking with these people, uh, trying to make that difference and trying to learn who they are and and why they kind of think the way they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like every Christian can do something in regards to these issues, even if it's just at a minimum going out to the polling booth and voting. Like every Christian at a minimum should at least be doing that. Yeah. Now, and really quick, before we kind of jump into this bill and kind of describe what it is in case people have no idea, I want to get to it. But um, 
we're going to talk about something that's in the politics here in California. It's going to be, uh, you know, a law passed in California, possibly if it passes Senate. But how would that affect or similar ideas affect people listening in other states? Is this kind of like, oh, that's in Cal- crazy California. I don't have to worry about that. Or is there something that they should also be why they should care about this issue? Yeah, I mean, California is sort of seen as this bellwether state is like or like one of the states that's leading on a lot of these progressive uh issues is like if something gets passed into law here then generally a lot of other states will follow suit so even though it's only in california right now it very easily can move to other states like we saw back in uh 2012 when they passed uh, legislation regarding um conversion therapy or reparative therapy for minors like lots of other states have adopted um similar legislation since that passed here in California. Okay, so pass, So, so kind of uh, let those that don't know, what are you just talking about with re- passing laws on uh, reparative therapy back in 2012? Yeah, so there was a bill that the California legislature passed in regards to basically outlawing that um, conversion therapy or reparative therapy or trying to change a minor sexual orientation was uh, basically outlawed, like okay. if you wanted to be for any like licensed therapist. So if someone under the age of 18 is experiencing same-sex attraction, to have the parents try to force their child into some sort of therapy to mm-hmm. make them straight again mm-hmm. uh, was made illegal back in 2012. Yeah. And then that passed in California mm-hmm. and then it has since spread to other states. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about now is that kind of the big new thing is uh, AB 2943, which is titled Unlawful Business Practices, Sexual Orientation Change Efforts. So, so kind of maybe describe this bill a little bit for the listener of what is AB 2943? How is it uh, an unlawful business practice to participate in sexual orientation change efforts, these kind of conversion therapy, reparative therapy. Yeah, so it's basically done under the guise of consumer fraud legislation. Um, so basically, it the whole first section of this bill goes through like all these different psychological organizations that say that this type of therapy doesn't work, that this therapy is harmful to those who undergo it. So it's basically on this basis that they say advertising, engaging in, or attempting to engage in this type of therapy with someone else should be illegal because it doesn't work. Okay. Yeah, and and just to kind of quote it out of here, in uh, point number 28 of section 3 of the bill, it says, advertising, offering to engage in, or engaging in sexual orientation change efforts with an individual would be considered uh, unlawful practice. Mm-hmm. So advertising, offering to engage in, or engaging in it. Now, I think it's important as we jump in is, they, is what they are going after is to make it unlawful to engage in sexual orientation change efforts. And so Mm -hmm. they actually define that here in the bill. And this definition is, and you can maybe talk about why this is kind of broad language or make kind of makes Christians a little bit scared, but to quote it out of, uh, out of the bill, it says sexual orientation change efforts means any practice that seeks to change an individual's sexual orientation. This includes efforts to change behaviors or gender expressions or to eliminate or reduce sexual or romantic attractions or feelings towards individuals of the same sex. Mm-hmm. All right. So kind of what in that definition is kind of making Christians uh, a little bit nervous uh, with what they're trying to make unlawful when it comes to sexual orientation change efforts? Yeah. It's like if they were trying to target just this particular kind of therapy, like they could just say conversion or reparative therapy. But since they're defining this as sexual orientation change efforts and they're also lumping into this trying to change behaviors so this would say like trying to if someone wanted to leave the gay lifestyle like you couldn't they couldn't go to a therapist in order to help them accomplish that 
um, or gender expressions. Like if someone's uh, struggling with gender dysphoria, like they couldn't go to a therapist to get the help that they needed in order to affirm what is their biological gender. Um, and well, I, th- I think it's important to point out, well, there is one way that you can help the person, mm-hmm. right? And so as you read the very next section, it says sexual orienta- orientation change efforts does not include psychotherapies that provide acceptance, support, and understanding of clients or the facilitation of clients coping, social support, and identity exploration and development, including sexual orientation neutral interventions to prevent or address unlawful conduct or unsafe sexual practices, and B, not to seek to change sexual orientation. So if you are counseling the person, not seeking to change their sexual orientation, but to encourage them, as it says here, uh, as it says to support them, to provide acceptance and understanding of them, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. So if, if a person is going through gender dysphoria, they don't, they're not quite sure of their gender expression. Mm-hmm. They're not try, quite sure of kind of how to express um, or the behaviors in which they're acting in. If they go to a counselor, the counselor has to provide acceptance, support, anything other than that, trying to change them away from mm-hmm. the lifestyle or that type of expression or that type of behavior would be unlawful. To encourage them towards the behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what it's looking like it's saying? Yeah, that's that's how I take it. Or at the very least, they it says sexual orientation neutral intervention. So it's like they can't. They either can say nothing or they can only encourage them towards what basically the progressive agenda would want which is like towards same-sex attractions or uh, transgenderism and those things yeah and that's what it kind of seems like is this is this this looks like an agenda yeah right we are trying to push the lgbt kind of the progressive acceptance of this um of the lgbt community Mm -hmm. and their lifestyles and practices and behaviors and expressions and all this kind of stuff that's labeled right here and any effort to go away from kind of what's become more accepted in our culture is now going to become unlawful through business fraud Mm-hmm. So how would they consider this being business fraud? Um, so kind of like I said, like the whole first section of the bill is like going through all these different, the, the American Psychological Association and all these different um, associations of psychologists, psychotherapists that basically say that this therapy doesn't work and it's harmful to people who undergo it. So um so kind of like similar, like you can't sell an orange and promise someone that it's going to make them grow 10 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's illegal to do that because we know that oranges don't do that. So kind of similar to do similar to that, they're saying, well, if this type of therapy doesn't work and it, it's harmful to people who undergo it, then we're going to um, say it's consumer fraud to engage in it. Okay, so because these organizations have come out saying, look, this therapy doesn't work, mm-hmm. then to for me, let's say I'm a counselor and I say I can give you therapy to help you uh, in your gender expression or behavior. Uh, they're going to say, no, that's business fraud because obviously it doesn't help. So you're selling something fake. Mm-hmm. OK, now I've had some Christians kind of respond and say, you know, Christians are overreacting. You know, uh, a lot of people maybe are coming out saying this is trying to ban the Bible. Uh, some Christians go that direction. I've also had kind of people go the opposite direction and say, no, it's not even thinking what what I think and kind of what we're talking about right here. But, you know, it's 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 only targeting conversion therapy mm-hmm. and and that sort of counseling. And so what would you say to someone who says, "No, look, you're you're blowing this out of proportion. This is only targeting conversion therapy. It's it's nothing else." I mean, I would point them to uh what the LA Times their editorial board wrote a article in their newspaper basically saying like, you know, maybe some of these Christians are overreacting a bit, but the language is broad enough to warrant some concern. And it's like if it 
if it's designed to only target this type of therapy, then they need to tighten the language up to make sure that it's only targeting that. Because uh, when you even like when you lump in things like trying to change behavior, gender identity, or even just reducing um, a, t a particular type of attraction, then you're encompassing more than just trying to turn someone from gay to straight. Yeah. And and this has kind of come in to impact me. Uh, for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know that I work at Summit Ministries over the summer uh, at the California location. And Summit actually just canceled their California conference because of this bill uh, in fear that it would be passed right before the Summit conference started uh, with the idea that if the students pay to attend a conference and then the student at the conference struggling with my gender expression or my gender identity or I feel same-sex attracted or I'm going through these things and a speaker or staff member of Summit says, look, these are not okay. Like this doesn't match the biblical view of sexuality. Um, then that would be an effort to change their, their behavior or their expression, um, opening them up for lawsuit and unlawful practices. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a risk that something like that could happen. Um, but just to speak to it from the other end, I don't think this legislation was aiming to like ban the Bible or to like ban books or other things like that but like a very loose interpretation of the law could put a lot of those things in danger if we're if there were a judge that wanted to do that <laughs> yeah and that was kind of the next christian uh next kind of thing that i've heard from christians is like this is going to ban the bible because the bible presents a biblical sexuality mm -hmm. and so if you if i'm a store and i'm selling the bible you now have a business transaction mm -hmm. where i'm selling something that presents a biblical sexuality uh that then would be unlawful and some people fear it's going to ban the bible you don't think it's actually going that far i don't think the intent is to go that far okay um i think the language is broad enough that someone who like a judge that's very ambitious could potentially interpret it in that way but i don't think that is likely um but the, like i said the language is broad enough that it could also include things like selling books or going to conferences like summit or other things where you pay money in order to hear someone speak or you pay money to buy a book. And since this is under consumer fraud legislation, and it's trying to stop a monetary transaction from taking place. Then yeah. it's like anything that involves a monetary transaction is somehow is potentially at risk. So how would this work for someone who's, uh, you know, we already know it's illegal under the age of 18 with minors. But would this work for someone who's over the age of 18 that desires to have their their behavior, their orientation changed, like, uh, or at least to receive counseling for something in that area? What would that mean for that person? Would they have to stop? Yeah, I mean, like, I just went through therapy last year and beginning of this year for it was reparative therapy. And like, under a certain interpretation of this bill, at least the language is broad enough that it's like, I couldn't go back to that if I wanted if this bill passed. Yeah. Um, like my, my therapist probably wouldn't be allowed to engage in therapy with me anymore. It's like the only person I could go to would be a pastor who's offering advice free of charge. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be able to offer money in order to buy the service of a psychotherapist. Yeah. So, or your therapist would have to just not charge you, but then yeah. they're not making a living yeah. and they have to charge. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think that uh, conversion therapy has kind of a bad name. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of people that see it as 
Um, you know, like the let's say the 14 year old kid comes out to his parents, tells him, you know, hey, mom mm-hmm. and dad, I'm gay. And then the parents force them into therapy and they go shock therapy and conversion therapy and yeah. and really do damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've heard those stories. And we often think that that's what conversion therapy is. And so people have a very negative idea of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you just kind of mentioned that you had gone through conversion therapy. Um, or psychotherapy to a degree, mm-hmm. is it, I mean, is there a positive side that maybe is not presented as, as much? Well, conversion therapy is different than reparative therapy. Okay, um, that's good to know. Yeah, so reparative therapy, the type of therapy I went to is evidence-based um, type therapy where it's basically, it, it works under a certain model of, um, or at least a theory of like what causes uh, same-sex attractions in someone and so tries to, uh, really deep dig deep into memories of childhood and other things like that to sort of maybe resolve um, yeah some painful memories or some trauma that happened that maybe caused same sex attractions later yeah conversion therapy like i I don't like conversion therapy as uh, it people gen- will generalize that as to any effort to try and change one's orientation but there's th- that that type of therapy has a longer history and some of it isn't very good yeah. And so I think a lot goes into, you know, is the person willing to go to the therapy? Uh, are they being forced to? Mm-hmm. Right? There's just a lot of factors that can influence how effective it is, maybe also how uh, harmful it can be also mm-hmm. to the person. Yeah. Now, so <clears throat> going forward, so you just were up last week, uh, right? Last week up in Sacramento talking with assemblymen and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the assemblyman, at least here in our area, mm-hmm. uh, who voted on this bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of what, ha- what did you learn uh, being up there talking with some of these people as far as kind of the thoughts behind it, but also is there any kind of insights that you can offer talking with those that are kind of a part of this? Yeah, I mean, my assemblyman seemed to think that this only targeted advertising. And he told me, like, I'm good friends with, the, the, with Evan Lowe, the guy who, uh, uh, co- who authored this bill. And he... Yeah, he, he, he says it's not going to prevent you from getting the therapy you want. It's not going to prevent you from buying the books that you want. It's just targeting advertising for this specific type of therapy. Okay. So he seemed to be under the impression that um, it, this the scope of the bill was very narrow. Okay. However, the language in the bill mm-hmm. seems to be very broad. Yeah. And so it almost seems, you know, it, to me it's like, okay, if we want to only be in this narrow focus, like let's narrow up our language. Mm-hmm. Language is important because – as we see, like judges, you know, this leaves it open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this is a bad analogy, but if you're a sports fan, if you, you know, the no catch rule in football <laughs> or, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, calls also on baseball that are judgment calls based on the umpire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we do We try to do our best to be very specific in the rules. Also, as a teacher, if I just kind of give a broad thing, it's easy for students to kind of push boundaries and kind of test it. Um, and so you have to be specific, mm-hmm. uh, be very clear of what you want to do and what you're try- what the goal is. Uh, and so kind of, I guess that's the, the hope for this bill is that, Hey, if let's get after that specific thing because broad language, uh, can be left, um, open for people to interpret it in a wrong way and to do some damage. And so I think that's maybe where we want to see it kind of tighten up a little bit. So we know exactly what it is they're going after rather than just this is what we want but the bill seems to say something different yeah and it's like even if it was narrower i would still oppose it because yeah. it's it would still say like i couldn't get the type of therapy that i i wanted and desired for myself as an adult as someone who's able to make 
a rational decision about what I want my future to look like or what I want my desires to be like. Um, but it's just funny that like even within the text of the bill itself, it's not just advertising. It's like advertising, offering to engage in or engaging in sexual orientation change efforts. So yeah. I'm not sure why my assemblyman uh, didn't seem to know the language of this bill. And he was like, yeah, if there's concerning language, send it to my legislative assistant. And I didn't, didn't get a response. So we'll Okay. <laughs> So kind of what does it look like moving forward now? Uh, it's past the assembly. It's mm-hmm. before the Senate. Um, what can we do as Christians that want to kind of make a change? Uh, do we reach out to senators? Do we, uh, you know, how do we move forward in trying to kind of make people be aware of what's going on? Yeah. So like you said, it passed the assembly. And before it goes to the full Senate, it's going to be heard in the Senate Judiciary Committee, which consists of seven members of the 40 member Senate. Uh, So the best way we can stop this bill right now is to have a die-in committee. Basically, like if four of the seven senators vote no on basically bringing this bill to the floor of the Senate, then it won't ever see the light of day. Okay. Um, Two of of the uh, seven senators are Republicans, and we plan on voting no. But the other five are probably going to vote yes unless they get a lot of phone calls especially from constituents that say please oppose this like and, and it's very easy like all all the senators have phone numbers and i even i called all five senators it took me maybe 10 minutes okay you just say like i'm calling to voice my opposition to ab 2943 uh please vote please tell the senator to vote no on it there's like the only question they usually ask is where are you from and just say la Mirada, california they say thank you and bye okay so it's It'll take you all of ten minutes to call all the office, all the offices of the five senators on the judiciary committee, and tell them please to vote no on this. And there's a nice website or something we could post in the show notes, is where you can find those numbers easily, or yeah, cal.gov, and we we can post that. Yeah. All right, so uh, that'll be uh, look for coffeehousequestions.com. Look for this uh, show there, and it will hopefully have that link there, uh, giving those phone numbers that you can easily call contact the person and, and hopefully get uh, this kind of a pose. And so um, moving forward, I think, you know, we, we, we saw just, was it two years ago where uh, kind of the bill trying to push for the uh, California colleges mm-hmm. uh, that didn't pass. Uh, we have now this uh, trying to make sexual orientation uh, change efforts consider business fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, you know, Title IX stuff uh, and and uh, bathroom stuff being pushed on college campuses and and distorts it. I mean, there's just so much agenda kind of being pushed. Kind of what can the Christian do? The you know, the just around the country in just standing up for the Christian worldview uh, amongst what seems to be a big attack and trying to change the way the culture is functioning. Yeah, I think the first thing we need to do is pray. I mean, that's what Scripture and in Titus calls us to pray for those in authority and to pray for the the governing authorities that. Um, have authority here on earth to pass, the, to pass these kinds of laws. It's like we need to be on our knees every day to uh, plead for God's mercy on our land. Um, but on a more practical level, it's like we like making phone calls, um, voting. Like these, these are really simple and easy things that every Christian is capable of doing that most unfortunately do not. Yeah. And we're sort of the silent majority in most of the United, like Christians are like the silent majority in most of the United States. Like I think I've heard statistics that maybe like only half of Christians are registered to vote. And even of that, of the half that are registered to vote, only a fraction of those actually do vote. 
Do you think there's a reason for that of Christians being of maybe fear of being in the world or mm-hmm. involved in politics or getting too political? Or do you think there's any reason behind Christians kind of not being involved as much as we should? Yeah, I mean, the Christians that I talk to that don't like to be involved in politics think that it's like politics is dirty. Politics is uh, the world's business. You know, I'm just going to stay here in the church and preach the gospel in the church and uh, just sort of involve myself in that. But it's like the gospel has uh, cultural implications. Like to say that, uh, just like to take a very broad issue, like the, the issue of justice, like justice is a part of the gospel and how it works itself out in the world. So it's like if we don't fight for justice in the political realm, then we're not standing for how the gospel uh, works itself out, not only in our own personal lives, but also in the culture. Yeah. Um, so it's like we we have a very narrow uh, interpretation of, and obviously we, we need to prioritize, like sharing the gospel, making sure people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Like that's our number one priority. Um, but just having a broader uh, view that the gospel has, like just like the gospel is more than just accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Like the gospel has a transforming power in a person's life mm-hmm. and the gospel should also have a transforming power in the culture as well. Absolutely. And I mean, I, and I've also heard it often said of, hey, if we want the even the ability to preach the gospel, mm-hmm. we have to care about politics yeah. because there are there are countries that the politics keeps people from preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we don't want to lose that or have that diminished in any way um, and still be able to have the freedoms that we do, uh, we need to care about politics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as we kind of started out talking about Wilberforce man, Christians have stepped up throughout history and done amazing things at the political level, as well as at lower levels and higher levels and all over the place, Mm -hmm. uh, standing up for human rights, uh, standing up against slavery, standing up for animal rights and education and and just the spread of charities and all sorts of stuff that have done incredible things to impact the culture that we live in, uh, protect human lives. and obviously with Wilberforce and slavery is just one huge example mm-hmm. of someone who stepped up and cared enough for these human beings and said, look, these are not just others or whatever. These are people creating in the image of God mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can and fought for 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, fought and passed, tried to pass bills uh, before finally abolishing the slave trade in Britain back in 1807. Um mm-hmm. But that's just something that, look, like we now see the effects of what mm-hmm. that one person did uh, and the benefit in the world and obviously for the people of God and mm-hmm. uh, for people created in his image. And so I think uh, understanding how when governments go bad, when governments go wrong, it affects people. Mm-hmm. And those are valuable people created in the image of God. And so if we want to stand up and love people, we need to make sure that the government is kind of in check, right? The government has their job to do, mm-hmm. and that is a God-ordained job given to them. Mm-hmm. And the church has their job to do. And the problem is, is when the church or the family don't do the job they're supposed to, then the government steps in and oftentimes doesn't do the best job because mm-hmm. uh, it's not their job to do. Yeah, um, It's not what God has ordained them to do. And so I think we, as Christians to step up into culture, recognize our view, recognize how God calls us into culture to be transformers of culture, not to be absent from it uh, is so huge. So um, any final things that you want to say as we kind of close off the show with AB 2943 and, and kind of how Christians can respond? Uh, just encourage your listeners one last time to call those five senators because that's if we can kill this bill in committee, then 
then it, it, it won't see the light of day. We won't have to worry about it being voted on in the full Senate or have to worry about it, uh, whether G- Governor Brown will sign it or not. Because yeah. the bill with regard to the college campuses was vetoed by Jerry Brown, and that's why it didn't pass. It passed the assembly and got vetoed by him. So, you know, if we if we can kill it in committee, then that that'd be the best option. So take take that 10 minutes to call those five senators' offices and, yeah, do, do your part to help uh, preserve our freedoms to uh, preach the gospel and to preach, um, I don't know, for someone to keep the ability for someone like me to seek the kind of therapy that I would want. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening out of the state of California, but you know people who live in California, send them this link. Uh, help them be aware. Uh, maybe that's your part that you can play. Help someone be aware of what's happening in the state so that they can call the senators uh, themselves. Also, even if you live out of state, call these five senators as well because if even if you're not like in their district if people from out of state are calling and uh, saying voicing their opposition to it then that gets their attention too awesome that's good to know well neil thank you so much for taking the time again discussing a good cultural political issue with me i appreciate it so much yeah thank you and for those of you listening thank you so much call those senators and share this with your loved ones your friends your family those that would be interested if you enjoyed it help them enjoy it as well thank you so much again uh, hopefully i am back more consistently i'll let you know more of an update on the next show but thank you so much for listening to coffee house questions with ryan polly Guide my way.